Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. You know, the church is the body of Christ. Church is the body of Christ. That's the title of our message today. We're in a series called Walking in the Light. What are the things that we have as a result of Jesus coming to earth, living a perfect life, dying a willing sacrificial death, rising from the dead? What has he given us? What do we have? What kind of life is this? We talked about the first week about we are forgiven. Let me ask you, does that feel good today? I mean, I think when we lose sight of our sin, we lose sight of one of the greatest things we have in Christ, which is forgiveness of sin. I hope you're walking in that. I hope you're, you're living that out every day. I hope you're sensing the forgiveness of Christ in your life as you get convicted of the Spirit and you repent. I hope you're living a repentant life. I hope that's what your life's all about. But it doesn't stop there. As we talked about two weeks ago, you have security in Christ. His Sheep hear his voice. A sheep, is a, his ears are attuned to his shepherd's voice. Not other shepherds, but his shepherd's voice. And God's sheep, the, the sheep of Jesus, hear his voice. And they belong to him. And he holds on to them. We're not good at holding on to him, but he's really good at holding on to us. Praise God. Have you ever felt that he's holding on to you, that he's pulling you back from disaster, that he's bringing you back to him? I love that feeling. It's a little bit challenging at first because your heels are still dug in and he's kind of dragging you across the sand, isn't he? But I love that. We're secure in him. Last week, we talked about the fact that we have a purpose and meaning in our lives, right? We have a purpose in him. He gives us this role of being what? The picture that Jesus used in John 15 is this picture of being the branch connected to the vine that produces the fruit the vine wants to produce. The branch isn't responsible for the fruit. It's what we get from the vine that we're able to transfer and deliver to people to help them become the fruit of God. That's We have this purpose, this meaning in life. Life matters. That's the only reason, incidentally, that the world is still turning is because there's still fruit to be produced. Amen? There's still fruit to be produced. Today, we're going to talk about the fact that we are the body of Christ. This is what Jesus gave us, his physical presence on earth is all is is you you are the body of Christ and today when people think about church often they're they're kind of wondering well what is church anymore because church is different it's not like it used to be when i was a kid or even when some of you young people were younger church changes and hopefully church changes for the better not to just reflect what we've always done but rather to be a better picture of the body of Christ a lot of times people will ask me, I, I lead the Palm Beach Baptist Network, which is a network of about 100 churches here in Palm Beach County, and they'll say, well, I'm looking for a church. Well, what are you looking for? What, what, what does that mean to you? Because there are different manifestations that are valid of the body of Christ. Some people say, well, I want people that look like me. Well, that's, that's nice. Maybe you want to take a little step up from that. Um, but, uh, or they'll say, you know, I want, I want a certain style. I want a certain this. I want that. And uh, I want certain demographics. I want certain programs. 
okay, but what about theology? Have you thought about that? It might be a good idea. Think about what they actually believe. What does a church believe really dictates what kind of church it is. We're a Baptist church. We believe in the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. You can look that up. You want to know what we believe about anything, it's there. And we adhere to that. But really, the question you need to be asking is, is it the body of Christ? Is it the body of Christ? We're going to start today in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's our main text for the day. Normally we preach through major sections of Scripture, and we'll get back to that in, on May 28th. We'll get back to Acts chapter 20, and we'll be walking through the end of Acts uh, from then on. But today, in this series, we want to cover some really important things that give us kind of a sense of who we are and what we have in Christ. And so today, it's all about what is the church? Man, I, I always loved the church. I loved it from when I was a little kid, and a big part of my church experience was taking a nap on my mom's lap. Now, if you need to do that, feel free. Just go right ahead. I won't call you out. Tim Moss, I can see you're already, no, he's good, okay. Uh, John, stay awake. Um, but, uh, you know, one time a lady came up to me, and she said, you know, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I keep falling asleep in church. And I said, oh, she said, I take 19 pills every day. I said, you know, I'm just happy you're here. And she would fall asleep literally like right there with Julio sitting every day. And just, it was okay. I knew she loved me. You know, if you can't, that's okay. I'm glad you're here. I'm really glad you're here. Um, but I've, I've loved the gathering together of God's people. The body of Christ. Look with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 is the verse we want to start with. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, says this, Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. You are. He's talking to the church. You. It's the plural of that second uh, person uh, pronoun. You are the body. You, all of you, this whole group of you. It's not just one of you. No one can be the body of Christ by themselves. It's you, this whole body. You are the body of Christ, this whole group of people. You are the body of Christ. But what does he mean by the body of Christ? What, does he, what is he getting at there? What is the body of Christ? Well, think about what the body of Christ did on earth. When Jesus was here walking the earth, what kind of stuff was he doing? What was he up to? I mean, the body was the vehicle that Jesus used to let everyone know that he was the Messiah, right? To point to the good news of Jesus. All the miracles that he did. Walking on water, one of my favorites. Uh, when we went to the Holy Land, I really wanted to water ski on the Sea of Galilee. Don't you think that would be cool? Have your picture water skiing, and maybe they can you know, Photoshop out the rope, and you're kind of walking on it. That would be really cool. Um, but he walked on water. He calmed the storm. He fed the thousands. Healed the lame. Gave sight to the blind. Hearing to the deaf. Incredible. Fed everybody. It was amazing. All of that was to point to the fact that he was God. He was the Messiah. That's what his body was for. And that's what this body is for. It's to point to the good news of Jesus. You are the physical manifestation of Jesus in this place right now. Yes, you, First Baptist Church of Delray Beach. That makes me pause for a moment. Sometimes we can just come to church. Sometimes we can just kind of show up. 
And it feels good to see people who love you. And I hope that's true. I hope you do feel that when you come in. But it should be more than that, right? But the body of Jesus Christ. It's an incredible, incredible concept. But what exactly does that mean? How does that work out? How does that, how do we get into that? You can kind of say that, well, that sounds really cool. I'm going to be the body of Christ. Well, how do I do that? We're going to look at some scripture to help us understand that. Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29. And the first thing I want to say about this is that the church functions as God's people, God's family. God's family. Galatians chapter 3, 26 says this. For in Christ Jesus, you are all, what's that? Sons of God. You're all children of God. See the family metaphor right there? For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There's no male or female. Or they're all one in Christ Jesus. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. You are, when you receive the gift of salvation... You are, as Paul says in Romans uh, chapter 11, he says, you are grafted in to the people of God, the very specific, unique people of God that he began way back there in Genesis chapter 12. You see, the people of God have always been a people within a people, right? Not every Hebrew, not every Jew was a follower of God of Yahweh back in the Old Testament. Not everyone is today. But when you are saved, you get grafted into the people of God, God's people. You don't replace the people. You become a part of the people. Genesis chapter 12, I love this, and this is something that should be written on your heart. As God begins his people, what does he say? He says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, from your kindred, and your father's house to a land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. Incidentally, not you got to work hard to become a great nation. Not you got to try hard and really. No, he says, I will make you a great nation. Just like Jesus said to the fishermen, I will make you fishers of men. I love that. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. It's the beginning of the people of God. I'm going to set aside a people. I'm going to use them to bless the world and to redeem the world. Because what's happening in Genesis chapter 12, all the bad things have happened that sin caused, right? You've got this incredible, uh, horrible flood. You've got, the, um, you've got the Tower of Babel. You've got incredibly sinful people. What does God say? I want to bring my people together through people I'm going to bless the world. I'm going to save the world. But people, sometimes that can seem kind of distant. If I'm a part of a nation, well, I'm, I'm a part of a nation, and I, I, I'm not really connected really closely to the lead of the government, probably. Some of you may be, but most of us, you know, we're not really, we don't even know our senator. We may know a representative. We don't really know the president. But Jesus takes that even deeper saying something at the time that was pretty shocking in Mark 3.31. He says this, And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. Now, Jesus has been raised in a family. After Mary and Joseph had Jesus, they had other children. And so this is getting later in his life, and 
and his mother and his brothers come to see him. Verse 32. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, and whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and my sister and my mother. Now, he's not dishonoring his mother and his brothers. I mean, family does matter. We're thrilled to have our son John here from Brooklyn today. Amazing to have him with us. Our family matters, right? It's the closest relationships that you have. Jesus is not saying, my family doesn't matter. Here's what he is saying, though. Those who are following Jesus are going to be closer to you than anyone else in your life. And some of you know that feeling. Some of you, you may be the only one in your family who's walking with Jesus. You may be the only one in your family who would be in a church on a Sunday morning. And you know what it means to develop relationships with people who are walking with Jesus. It's one of our values here at First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. We want to help you develop close relationships with others who are walking this journey. Jesus is saying, listen, I know that you think that family is the only way you build the kingdom because really that's the way the Jewish nation did it. You, you taught your children. They became followers and, and you taught them the Bible and you should still do that. Your, your children are your greatest opportunity to make disciples, but they're not the only opportunity. The closest people in your life will be those who are also following Jesus. Those are the people that you need to lean into and help you walk this journey. Jesus says, you are my family. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, one of the most powerful things about being married is you invite someone into your family. You want, to, want you to be a part of us. I want you to be a part of our people. That's why Jesus uses that metaphor. And he says that, you know what, you are... I'm going to prepare a place for you, just like someone who's betrothed would prepare a place for the one they're going to marry. I want to bring you into my house, into my family. The the body is is the most popular way and the most most frequently used picture of, of the church in all of Scripture, but second to that is the bride. The body, the bride, this living organism, it's part of Jesus, living out who he is. Jesus made us part of his family, his people, so that we could be his body. You're his family. You're close. You can know him. Secondly, the church is comprised of different members who fit together to accomplish one purpose. Different members who fit together to accomplish one purpose. And this is kind of seems new in the New Testament. If you're an Old Testament person and you understand how the children of Israel functioned, really it seemed like everyone was kind of equal and they didn't really have specific roles. But they did have some specific roles because there were priests and Levites that helped lead worship and take care of the tabernacle and the temple. And there were certainly merchants and farmers and shepherds. But there was really about you know, accomplishing the work of a nation. In the New Testament, you become, the picture is you're going to be different parts of a body. And you think about it, you have a lot of different parts to your body. Different parts have different functions. And I love 1 Corinthians 12 picture of this. And it's honestly, it's kind of humorous because Paul has parts of the body talking to each other, right? So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 says this, 
Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Now there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. This could be now to verse 14. He says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Remember, you can't just be one person and be the body of Christ. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Has your foot been talking to your hand lately? Hey, man, you try walking a mile in my shoes, right? That's what the foot should be saying, right? You get to be out there doing all sorts of stuff. I'm down here, but I'm carrying the weight of this whole thing. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make any less a part of the body. In other words, the ear can't say, hey, I wanted to be an eye, and I'm over here on the side of the head. I can't see anything over here. Tell me what you're seeing, Mr. Eye. I don't want to be a part of the body because I'm not an eye. It sounds ridiculous, but we think that way sometimes, doesn't it? Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, which would be really funny, um, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Do you understand that God has given you a place? And one of the things we work really hard on is helping people find their place. If you haven't found your place yet, we would love to help you with that. But that's how important your place is. Like, well, I, I, nobody listens to me. I'm just constantly doing the same task. Well, so is the ear. So is the neck to hold up the head. So you have to understand everyone has a specific role. But if you're not here, then what you needed to do is not getting done, probably. And the body can't function as it should function. I love that God loved you enough to give you a place in his body so that the body can function appropriately. I mean, that is incredible. Your role is important for the body to function. That's why we have teams. That's why we have a host team that makes sure everyone's welcome and gets where they need to be. And that's why there's a cup of coffee. We have a children's team that people can help the children worship and help the parents be able to worship. We have a creative team that helps you worship, that makes everything technically happen that happens in this room. And let me tell you, there's a lot of moving parts. I'm grateful today for our technical team. We got Medro and John back in the booth today. I think we got Mung up in the streaming tower up there which is where I'm going to preach from one day if I really wanted to feel elevated. <laughs> you have a role. Jesus gave you the church, and it's not just a place to come and sit. It's a come, place to come, and you're a part of a living organism. So grateful for so many of you are leaders and a part of what we're doing. And without you, the body can't function as it should. So God made you part of his family, gave you a specific role, and he also built the church to encourage each member to live like Jesus. To live like Jesus. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says this, Now, let us consider 
how to stir up one another to love and good works. Now that word for stir up is also, is also in some translations the word to spur, to encourage, to even jab a little bit, to get people to do what they need to do, to, to help people become what God wants them to be. In verse 25, not de- neglecting to meet together. That is the habit of some. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Here's what he's saying. Listen, if you're not showing up to church, I don't know if you're part of the body. Some fall away. Maybe you have. Been a time you weren't really a part of a church. Maybe you're coming back right now. You say, Steve, you're kind of preaching to the choir because we're already here. I just want to encourage you. Coming, being a part of a church matters. You say, well, Steve, I can be saved biblically and not go to church. Technically, that's possible. It's just not very likely over an extended period of time. If you're not wanting to be a part of the body of Christ, is the Spirit in you? It's like saying, I've got this great, amazing family, but I'm never with them. Matter of fact, when they meet, I make it a point not to show up. When they plan a family reunion, I go to the other side of the country. I don't know if you're part of that family. I just don't know. You say, well, the church hurt me in the past. It's hurt everybody. And I'm sorry, honestly. We don't want to hurt you. I'm sorry. Some of you have been hurt badly. Don't miss Jesus because of what some misguided person did. Don't miss being a part of his body because of an experience in the past. This is where you belong if you're a follower of Jesus. This is where you fit. This is how it's all supposed to work together. I've had some parents say to me and Julie over the years, well, you know, should I make my kid go to church? So I don't know. I kind of feel bad. If I make them go to church, maybe they won't want to go to church later. And we just kind of go like this. And this is a little bit jerky, but do you make them take a bath? Huh? I don't know any kids that grew up saying, man, I'm never taking a shower bath because my parents made me take a bath every day. I just don't buy that. Do you make them go to the doctor? Do they want to go to the doctor? No. Do you make them? Yes. Does you make them go to school? But I would say this, don't make them do something that doesn't matter to you. If you're not going to church, it's pretty hard for them to go to church. Help your children know that this is the body of Christ. It's not a place where you just go and consume things. It's a place where you go to be a part of. I've talked to couples many times and they say, you know what, I'm involved in church. I want to marry this person and they're not really involved. And I'm saying, don't do that. Well, why not? They're a believer. I'm just going to tell you that after you're married, they're much less likely to do something they're not doing before. Right? Because when they want to date you, what are they being? They're being their best self. Matter of fact, they're probably lying about how good they are. Everyone are, most everyone does it, right? Oh, yeah, I believe in church. Praise God. I'm there once, once a month. Are you involved? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm involved. I mean, I'm there and I sing. Doesn't that count? Listen. People say, well, marriage in the church is just as dangerous as marriage outside the church. Not for people who are very involved. Let me just tell you, if you are involved in the life of a church, you have a role 
your chance of, and you marry someone like that, your chance of making it as a couple is so much better. 70, 80%. People go, well, does it matter? It matters. It absolutely matters. Don't miss what God wants to do through his church. So, well, Steve, how do I recognize a church I need to stay away from? Let me give you a few of just some things that indicate it's not, a body of, it's not the body of Christ. It's not the body of Christ if it doesn't preach from the Bible. Here's what I mean. It's way easier to preach into the Bible than it is out of the Bible. Into the Bible says, well, I've got something I believe, and I'm going to find a scripture that supports it. Right? That is a fallacy. What you want to do is find out what the Bible says and adjust your life to it. Don't read the Bible and try to adjust the Bible to you. That's called proof texting. Well, you know, I, I don't think adultery is a big deal. David, David committed adultery. Yeah, and the Bible talks about how horrible that was. And the whole of Psalm 51 is his confession and the pain of the repentance of that whole thing. Run from a church that doesn't preach the Bible. Beware of churches that fail to teach the unpopular truths of the Bible. Beware of churches that say, I just want to make you feel good. I don't want to talk about things that we're going to disagree about. Listen, the Bible is very clear about some things. And the culture of our day doesn't like a lot of what the Bible says. And it says that, for example, that sex belongs inside of a marriage between a committed man and a committed woman, right? That's what it's supposed to be. Any other sex outside of there was homosexuality, living together, uh, any, kind of a, any kind of other is, is, is sin. I still love you, though. You know what? Most of you have people in your, in your lives that are in other lifestyles. I want you to know you need to love them. But it's sin. And that's not bad news. That's really good news. Because Jesus died for sin. Right? He died for sin. Jesus died for sin. And God created a man and a woman. You don't get to choose. These are simple things the Bible says. Churches that will not tell you what they believe, I don't think I would want to be a part of. You just don't know. Do you really believe what you say you believe? If I'm going to be the body of Christ, I've got to live as Christ did. You love the sinner. You die for the sinner. But you don't leave the sinner not knowing what sin is. Right? Run from churches they make it really hard for you to meet people. At our church, if you can get out of here without being greeted, without, being, without anybody saying hello, please let me know. It's pretty tough. You may try today. If you run really fast, you might make it. We believe in relationships. How can the body be the body if the body doesn't know anybody? Right? If you don't know anybody, it's because you're trying hard not to know people. And we honestly will try not to disturb you. If God has you on a journey where you really don't, not ready, listen, I, I, okay, but that's not who we are. The body needs to be connected. The body requires relationships. Be aware of a church that wants to meet all of your needs. We're here, we're going to take care of your kids, we're going to take care of you. You don't have to do anything, we're just going to take care of everyone. We're going to solve all your problems. Listen. The church may create more problems for you because it may reveal stuff in your life that needs to change. The church isn't a consumer place. It's a place we need to be involved and be a part of. Which takes me to my next one. Beware of a church that always makes you feel good about yourself. Let me give you a newsflash. You are not good. 
Bible says there's no one good, no, not one. Even Bob Rusbold, who's been serving the Lord for like 90 years, is not perfect. And he's pretty great. If it always makes you feel good about yourself, they're not telling you the truth. Well, you just want to make me feel bad. No, I want you to be repentant. I want you to know the joy of forgiveness. I want you to be innocent. That's what I want for you. Beware of a church that asks very little of you. It's all about, hey, I just want you to come and enjoy it. Listen, church means I'm going to be involved in the greatest mission known to man. And if you're going to be involved in the greatest mission known to man, there's going to be some stuff you need to do, and that's going to be really good for you. As Phil and John shared earlier, you know, if you go to a church and you're like, man, I don't want them to talk about my money, then I'm not being honest with you. If you don't really want to give and be a part of the greatest mission, you want to give financially, I just don't know if you know Jesus. I just got to be honest with you. We tell you to give because it's great for you. Beware of a church that asks very little of you. There's so many faces I'm looking at right now. You're so involved. You're doing so much. That's why it's great to have this conversation. If you're not, I want you to have the opportunity. Don't miss what God wants to do with you. Beware of a church that focuses on gathering a crowd rather than making Jesus known. It's way easier to gather a crowd than it is to connect people directly to Jesus. Yeah, we want to be your friend. We want to have a relationship with you. But our goal is that you connect with Jesus himself. Himself. Personally. That's why our mission is to make Jesus known. Beware beware of a church that collect people and rarely send anyone out. It breaks my heart, but it brings me joy when God takes one of you somewhere else. Moves you to another state. Because I hope that what you learned here, what you gathered here, you can take somewhere else. And we benefit from many of you who have come here from other churches and other parts of the country. And God is using you as a result of bringing you to our place. But we don't want to just collect people. We glory in sending people out. We're thrilled that Greg Davis and Sarah Davis, our our daughter and son-in-law, are sharing Christ on the base of Fort Carson, Colorado. It's incredible. It's exciting. It's hard. Oh, but what a joy. Many of you know um, Angel and Marsha Cruz were part of our church for several years. They're dear friends of ours for a long time. And they had an opportunity to go be a part of a school in West Palm. And they said, we don't really want to leave. We don't. I said, listen, you got to go where God calls you. And now Angel's the principal, I mean, Marsha's the principal of Berean Christian School in West Palm Beach. I'm thrilled about that. We can't, we're not here to collect people. We're to develop people so they can be sent out. So God can use them for his kingdom. That's what the church is all about. On the flip side, you need to join a church, obviously, that preaches the Bible. What does the Bible actually say? Not what does it make me feel good. Join a church that makes Jesus known. Makes Jesus known. Not so concerned about the pastor, not so concerned about everything else. Not them, it's about Jesus. Join a church that teaches things that bring you under conviction. You feel the Spirit in your heart saying, this needs to change. I love you, but this needs to change. Join a church that draws you into close relationships. May not, people may not even be like you. You may feel like, I don't see people. Listen, is there relationships that God wants to use in your life to mentor you, to grow you, to encourage you? Join a church that asks much of you. Ask much of you. Ask you to be a part of things. Ask you to give. Ask you to serve. 
you want a church that needs your help, needs your help, needs your help to promote the kingdom of God, join a church that sends people out to reach the world. You see, style of music shouldn't be your first concern. Even what kind of people are in the pews shouldn't be your first concern. Your first concern is, is this church the body of Christ? As imperfect as it is, is it the body of Christ? That's your question. Is it a headship of Jesus Christ? Is it functioning as his body? Let me ask you, do you need to adjust your view of church? Maybe you thought it's for me. I came to feel good. I came to feel better. I want to leave feeling better. I, I came because I get to see my good friends and I get to have a good time and, and sometimes the pastor encourages me. Other times I just don't listen, right? Is that kind of how we can be sometimes, isn't it? Oh, I know so many of your hearts. I know that's not where you are. I want to make sure, though, that as a church, we love the church because it's the body of Christ. And being with the church is being with Christ. And being a part of a church is serving Jesus and carrying out his purpose, just like his body did when he walked on the earth bodily. Today, is that your view of the church? You may say, well, Steve, I, that's new to me. Or I remember that from way back. I want to encourage you today. Can you adopt that view? The church is the body of Christ. Or maybe today you would say, you know, Steve, I don't know that I've ever received that gift of salvation because I've never felt anything like that. And maybe the Spirit is His hand on you right now and He's drawing you to Him to say, I want to repent of my sins. I don't know if I ever have before, but I want to today. And I want Jesus to come into my life, and I want to be a part of a body of Christ. I want to play my role. I want to do my part. I, I don't want to miss out on this in my life. I don't want to miss out on this purpose. I'd love for today to be that day. Jesus died to give us his body. Come be a part. Would you bow with me? Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out.